Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Good morning and hello, calm parents. Welcome back to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, where we show practical tips, useful insights, and words of encouragement. And today I'm excited to announce that I am joined by Dr. Lisa Pion Berlin, the president and CEO of Parents Anonymous. And a quick bio before we get started, Lisa. Dr. Lisa is a renowned expert in strengthening families and communities all around the world. Dr. Lisa is an accomplished researcher, advocate, and policy expert on all aspects of family life, empowerment, creating long-term measurable change, and ensuring systems are in place. And she has appeared on programs including Good Morning America, The Today Show, and CNN News. And now she's here to talk with us. And welcome, Dr. Lisa. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you, Dr. Campbell. I'm excited to be here this morning. So we just talked really quickly and there was so much good stuff. I was like, wait, 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 we got to share this with everyone. But we were talking about what parents with teenagers really need to know right now. Well, I think there's two things. I think we all have to find some peace in embracing that we are living through a pandemic, which in our lifetime has never occurred. Mm -hmm. So the pressures on parents to be perfect or kids to be perfect is just enormous. Okay, and it's overwhelming. So I think the first thing that we talk about parents Thomas is nurture yourself. Before I am mom, I am Lisa, a human being, mm -hmm. okay? And I need to take care of myself. And if I am able to do that, I'm better able to parent my team and tune into them. But the first things that are so important is that we have to acknowledge the feelings we have, whatever they are, fear, discomfort, uncertainty, you know, your kids are crying over homework, the Zoom school, et cetera. Paying attention to what their emotional well-being is about is so important. At the same time, acknowledging your children how you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed with work. I, I can't believe, you know, I have to get this project done, um, et cetera, et cetera. Or I'm just worried about you going outside and mingling with people and what's happening. And is your school open partially or not? So all these worries weigh on us. So when we weigh on us, what happens is we kind of sort of feel overwhelmed. Either we're frozen in time or we're falling backwards. So I say <laughs> lean into your strengths, literally find those strengths, just like a tree. Resiliency is about making sure the roots are strong and that when the wind and the animals come and you're swaying, you're able to bounce back. Resiliency is not just about bouncing back. It's about building those strong roots. That's your spiritual self. That's your physical health. That's your um, family life. That's your values. Whatever makes you strong. Those are all the roots of what makes you up, especially for your teens. Acknowledging your feelings. Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And really listening. People forget we got two ears and one mouth. Uh, we got to really listen to them and tune into what's going on. The fact that they're in the room and they don't open the door for eight hours. Hmm. You need to check in with them. You need to create new family life. I don't tell people what that is. They need to talk about that amongst all their children. 
and weigh in. Now, children might have unrealistic expectations, and that's not where you're at, but you want to engage them so they own it. So the first thing is finding out what their feelings are mm -hmm. and acknowledging them. And the second thing is always to say, you got this. You can get through this, and I'm here to support you. Mm -hmm. It's not about taking over what the teen is experiencing. Don't worry, I'll do your homework for you. Don't worry, I'll write your college application for you. Don't worry, I'll do everything for you and you can forget about this friends of yours. No, life has got a lot of ups and downs. And what we need to teach our kids is that it's not the falling down that's so difficult. It's the getting up and it's the moving forward because people mm -hmm. get up, they go to work, they do their laundry, but they're unhappy, they can't move forward. And children pick up these vibes yeah. must. It is in the air. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're in the room with people who are excited and happy and smiling, what are you doing? You're happy and smiling, whether you really feel you're happy and smiling. It's contagious. Yeah. It's the same thing that negative energy can also be really contagious. Yeah, I think a lot of people are very worried about their kids' mental health, but I see them so worried about it that I think the kids are reading into that worry and the concern and the fear. I hear a lot of parents complaining about, you know, whether we're going to school in the school, but the kids are then repeating and feeling that. So when we're feeling a lot of this anxiety and fear and just anger and frustration, how do we express that in a way that's healthy, but not dragging our teens down and give and still giving them this boost so that we're we're helping them deal with this rather than piling more on them it's a great question the first thing is we need to understand science science tells us that we are driven by our emotions mm -hmm. so every behavior we make we think oh we made this like analytic analysis and that's why we did this behavior now when you're making decisions that might seem the case but the roots are in our heart you know in our emotional being so i think we have to accept that we're emotional beings and we have to find positive ways whether you scream into a pillow you go outside and scream in the backyard or you find some way to release but the first thing is you have to get in touch with the feelings yeah. so you stink a ball down you think you're this great hero mom dad grandma auntie tia whoever you're going to be so overwhelmed that there's going to be an explosion i just read a study about healthcare workers they're great during a crisis. Then, you know, the vaccine's out. Things are kind of maybe looking like there's hope. And all of a sudden, people can't stop crying. They feel deeply depressed. They yeah. can be suicidal. And people are saying, wait a minute. They've been holding on for nine months. Yeah, because they didn't have any chance. So right. acknowledging every day, I think there's three things you can do. What are the feelings you're feeling and acknowledging that and getting it out there, talking about it with a trusted friend or adult or even going to a professional if you really feel it's more is the first way to get it out and acknowledge it simple things we can do which is really i believe very much a meditation because mm -hmm. meditation reduces anxiety depression you don't have to go to college you don't have to get advanced degree. you don't have to go see anybody you can find any app you want right free listen to quiet music with no words sit quietly and just focus on your breathing it's amazing what it does in the long term on our brain it's the only thing that changes the structure of our brain that we know. These are no drugs. People say, oh, that's so woo-woo. Well, I'm sorry. It's not about woo-woo. No, it works. It works. 11 hours of meditation cumulative. That could be five minutes a day, three yeah. minutes a day. Grows great matter in your brain. There's nothing else that does that. So it's let's amazing. roll with what is smiling. The next thing is 
Try to smile and laugh every day, fake or real. It changes <laughs> the brain chemistry. Yeah. These are simple things to do. Get your kids all together and say, okay, five minutes. We're going to jump. Somebody lead us in an exercise. No matter how long your young your kids are, yeah. engage them. And the teens, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that might be really normal. But we're in a pandemic. So you need to knock on that door and say, hey, what music are you listening to? Hey, what's really cool? What are these people saying? And remove that judgmental piece for a moment. Yes. And eyes on the prize. So I always just say to my husband, why do you want all these kids over our house? Because I want to see who my kids are associated with. And I want to create an environment that I think is safe and positive. When sometimes there might not be supervision in other people's houses, or they're busy or working or at school or whatever, I wanted to create that. I, I thought I could contribute that not just to my children, but to my children's friends. Right. So always watching what's going on. And if you see dramatic changes in behavior, I don't want to eat, sleeping long hours, never wanted to get up, staying up all night. Well, you know, there's no schedule. What's it matter? Well, you know, kids need their rest. The brain and the body, we all need sleep. It's a vital part. They've done neurological testing, even for adults who don't get enough sleep. What it does to your body is, and your well-being is really hard. And then encouraging your kids to set goals. Mm -hmm. Now, it might seem like a time. How can we set a goal? We don't know if school's open or not. I can't think about college or not. I mean, I don't know where I'm going to be. You know, life will go on. It took three years to get through the Spanish pandemic. Yeah. A hundred years ago. Yeah. And we need to think more and not in terms of weeks and days. But again, keep acknowledging with your team. You're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. I'm here for you. What do you need? I don't need anything from you. I don't want you to you know, fight, fight my battles. My friends aren't talking to me. There's all kinds of things that happen. And remember, mm -hmm. teens, they're trying to establish their identity. So they do a lot of pushback. That's yes. normal. That's healthy. If they want to sleep in your bed and hold your hand all day and they're a teenager, I'd be concerned about that <laughs> because that's over-dependency. That's like, I'm too afraid to do things. Now, when your yeah. four-year-old does, this is different because many four and five-year-olds still are on that emotional roller coaster and they're afraid because of the pandemic. They might want to sleep with you more. That's different than your 14 year old. Right. They want to hang out with you. They don't want to ever talk to your friends. It's like that was so change, knowing your kid, tuning into them and letting them know, hey, I'm struggling too. So Dr. Lisa, there's another concern that I'm hearing is, you know, teens are, they're dealing with more anxiety because the schedules are so in flux. And I know teens' circadian rhythms are later, so they go to bed later and they want to sleep later. And we know a lot of teens want to hide because they want to set their own, you know, they want they want their autonomy. A lot of times, too, they don't find it fun to hang out with their parents. That's one thing I tell parents. Like, make it fun to hang out with you and they'll hang out with you more. But a lot of parents are concerned about when is it normal okay behavior and maybe some changes because of what's going on when should I start getting worried and if I do start getting worried what do I do okay well those are great questions first of all we run a national parent health one open 12 hours a day seven days a week 1-855-427-2736 you can even chat us you can even text us so reaching out to talk to another person a trained counselor you know, when you don't need to make an appointment, you don't need to get on a list, you don't yeah. need to get a referral. There's many layers. If you need to have ongoing treatment or therapy or whatever, don't ignore that, but there's a lot of processes. So reach out and get that kind of help. The other thing is 
that seeing changes, each of your adolescents, each of your kids, even the ones that are older or younger, they behave differently. Oh, that one's so sweet. That one's melting down in school. That one's like, cool. You know, I mean, understand the differences they have and really talking to them about what's going on. So this child was very chatty and now they're not. Well, a change is a change. Don't ignore it. Eyes on the prize. Watching their behavior, watching their emotional response to things. Sure, they might blow up. You know, if they're a young girl, it could be around their period. I mean, let's get real. I mean, that hormones affect even young boys who are mm -hmm. teens affect their hormones. They're moody, they're, they, they're recalcitrant, they pull back. If you say, oh, that's all normal, I'll just leave them alone. Well, is it normal for your child? So the temperament of your mm. child and the way your child grows and changes, talking to them about these things are really important. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel frustrated. You know, how am I ever gonna get, you know, I've been playing tennis. I'm on a tennis team. I can't play. I can't do this. I'm on a soccer team. I'm in sports. I'm in music. You know, people have cobbled together many things to try to keep it going. But embracing the fact that there's so much uncertainty with trying to have a positive outlook on life, lean into those strengths. Tell your kids, you are strong. You can get through this. Mm -hmm. I am here to support you. Not do it for them. That's the difference between what we used to call the hovercraft. I'll do your homework, I'll do your college app, and on and on and on and on. And you will never learn the most important value in, in life, which is hard work. Einstein, did, he was born with, with, you know, genius in his genes. But if he didn't work hard, there was no theory of relativity. Nobody right. successful ever made it without working hard. You might think that Steve Jobs never worked hard. You know, Amelia Earhart never worked hard. Are you kidding me? They broke all kinds of barriers, women, people of color, anybody who's striving to go against the grain were working their tail off. That's the greatest value we can teach our kids. But I think that there may be these times where calling the helpline or reaching out with a friend is not enough and you're really worried. They just seem extremely withdrawn, mm -hmm. extremely sad. And you need to reach out to your family physician go online and search for resources under your health insurance um, to find that therapist. And I, we have an expression, parents and moms, asking for help is a sign of strength, not mm. a weakness. And so you need to, what I keep telling, keep asking for help. People say, oh, I went to this counselor. They were terrible. I couldn't relate to them. They didn't even know eye contact. It's like, well, find somebody else. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, read their bios, whether it's on Psychology Today or other lists in your health insurance, read the bios. Or you might mm. have a friend. But I also say, you know, somebody says, I love that dentist. And then you go to the dentist and you say, oh, I didn't like them. Because maybe they wanted different things. So make sure you're clear, what are you looking for? And right. some people start out and say, well, I think my child has a problem. They go to a therapist and say, you know, I want to see the whole family. Because it's a family dynamic. We yeah. We're all locked up at home with people. So the family dynamics are more so. And college kids are coming out who weren't at home. And then the high school kids feel like, well, wait a minute. And... These fam the family structure and, and grandma might have moved in because <laughs> they were worried about her being alone or you can't visit your favorite aunt because she's in a long-term care facility that won't let visitors. So our life has dramatically mm -hmm. changed. We're going to feel sad. We're going to feel frustrated, but move through the feelings. It's when they're pile up, pile up, pile up, mm -hmm. pile up, pile up. 
and I think you're very about how teens, you know, they used to talk about high school should start later. What's a 725? This is not how the teen brain works. Right. You, know, you need to make it later. And then people will get involved in sports and extracurricular. You can't go to sports at 7 p.m. It's like, why? They don't have lights on the fields? I mean, right. you know, don't they have lights? Put some lights. That seems kind of cheap. And so when you talk about the circadian rhythms, I'm like, why aren't we adopting the environments to meet the needs of the humans rather than the verse? It's a great question. I mean, it's the same thing. Teachers are feeling unsafe, but want to teach. Students are feeling frustrated with these methodologies of teaching. And we don't have any simple answers. Every school in America that tried to open closed. Mm -hmm. Some communities, rural, urban, major, you know, LA Unified, second largest, New York City, closed, open certain schools, youngest kids won't be transmitted. I mean, they're trying it. I think we need to believe in the science and the work of the public health professionals. But if you think your child is just over the top, don't ignore it. Yes. I hate to say it, but the suicide rate is going up and people don't want to talk about that some youngest kids are doing it. Now there's yeah. a difference between feeling like I want to kill myself and making a plan. But the difference is not that different. That if your child said, I don't want to live anymore, that's your warning. You pick up the phone, you call somebody, you search through your health insurance, you go to friends who they know a good therapist who can really relate to teens. If you have a female or male child, you might want somebody of the same gender. You might want somebody who's doing a variety of alternative things who are using mindfulness, et cetera, you might mm -hmm. say, I want to know that they've worked with teens and just not work with adults. I want a specialist. It's just like, if you have a problem with your heart, you might go to the general doctor, your primary. And then they say, no, I think you need to go to a cardiologist because this is more complicated. We have specialties. Yeah. And I think the same thing in, with counselors. And if you go and your child can't relate to them or you feel shut down by them or not responsive, go somewhere else. Exactly. And I think that's the hardest part. People say, well, my teen doesn't want to go to therapy. And that's why that word mental illness is so, we just talk about well-being. Mm -hmm. How is all of our well-being? And yeah. people are talking a lot about anxiety and depression now, but everybody's impacted by it to sort of normalize what we're talking about. But there is situational depression, as you know, Dr. Cam, you know, we're in these circumstances making everybody depressed. How depressed exactly. are you? Are you not eating? Are you not sleeping? And again, if your child is doing any cutting, any cutting at all, mm. warning sign number one, no, don't waste any time. Yeah. Because we don't have a community mental health system anymore. We have emergency room and then private psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, therapists. Okay. But in the middle of the night, if you walk in on your child and they're holding a gun, the only thing you got choice of is 911. Yeah. There are mobile response teams for mental health crisis that are in some parts of the community and they will roll with a therapist, an advocate, you know, a specialist, et cetera. And those are in extreme situations. But and people say, well, I don't want to overreact. Okay. So talking to your child is the first step to understand what are they really sad about and making sure you're not brushing their feelings. Oh, don't worry. We'll, yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You want to give assurance after you acknowledge the feelings and the assurance you're giving is we, you can get through this or we need to seek help to help you get through this. Mm -hmm. You're not in it alone. 
when people say, I never told anybody about this and that, I was bullied at school, you know, I was teased about this and that. And years later, they're still struggling with the effects of being bullied. In middle school or high school, you're thinking, why did I know? You feel terrible as a parent. Why did I know? And I remember once um, a kid telling me, why don't I tell my mom? Because she was kind of mom was going to go to school and she was going to call that principal out and talk about this and that. And I said, yeah, your mom wanted to protect you. But the principal would have said, you know what? I will take this information. I will talk to that child and that child's parent because they're trained to to handle this. You don't want your mom or dad driving to the person's house and getting into a brawl with them. Okay. That could turn out to be really serious. But the first thing is, if you feel this way, how can I help you deal with it? All the people doing it to you, if you're not safe. I mean, there are sexual predators out there. And let me tell you, parents talk about those tablets. Beware parents. The schools have some programs to watch what's going on on those tablets, but they are not impenetrable. Meaning that cyber predators are looking for two things. Kids lonely and depressed. I'm like, who's not lonely and depressed? And they're going to make friends and go into chat rooms and save their children. And um, the National Center on, um, I forgot what they call themselves, but they're like fake cyber complaints. So there were, you know, millions and millions of complaints were coming in in April this year. And uh, many police departments who had units to look at this or investigative units, they were pulled to deal with the crisis of the pandemic. And they were very, very worried about what was happening. And so where are you going? Where are you going to look for help? Where, who are you connecting with? Who are you, do not give our address out to anybody you meet on mm-hmm. the internet. These safety rules that we think our kids all know is now they are on the internet like eight hours, 10 hours a day. And people say, oh my yeah. God, that's not good. Well, we have very limited ways of learning and connecting now. And mm-hmm. so what we used to say is limit screen time, limit screen time. Yes, you need to have family time where people are not holding uh, holding their phones. Even you, mom and dad, grandma, auntie, tia. <laughs> exactly. Okay, like put it away. Yeah, I, I've seen my kids say to my husband's like, "Why are you on the phone, dad?" You know, it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. It's very addictive, and I think even when people watch that movie, The Social Dilemma, looking at the, that those companies created algorithms to get you not just to buy things, but to look at certain yeah. sites which maybe you and I look at a different site. You're on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast, and we're getting misinformation all the time. And how are you filtering that out? And that kind of stimulus can be very, very jarring. And yes, that's the only way that they text their friends, teenagers, that's very Mm -hmm. common. Um, And that's why talking to them is so important. Teens spend so much time texting, not verbally talking with their friends. I mean, we used to be on the phone all you know, hours. I'm like, Why yeah. the phone? You know, talking to our friends, talking to our friends. And our parents oh, didn't like that either. They, they didn't like that, that was too either. much. <laughs> yeah, we got a second line in our house. That was for the teenage girls, you know, <laughs> yeah. my two sisters. And we would run to be on the, my mother said, you jammed up my line. You know, we didn't have yeah. call waiting. None of that stuff. Y'all have all this stuff. But the thing is that if you're texting all day, I'm feeling sad, I'm worried and everything, you are expressing your emotions. But, um, Parents need to tune in to your kids and find a way in. And you, whether it's their music, their likes, their interests, they started drawing, they started, um, they decided, I don't know, they found something in the basement, they decided to teach themselves something. And encouraging them to use this time 
even though they might say to you, teacher, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. All I did was, you know, play water polo or soccer. And now I can't do any of that. Well, you need to find, if you were able to be on a team sport, to learn an instrument, you have incredible talent. That's what I would say to my kids if they were that age. And I'd say, how can you apply that talent to something else you can actually do now? I have no idea, the kid might say. Well, let's look into that. Because people say, kids say all the time, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Leave me alone, mom or dad. You know, let me be myself. It's like, great. But, you know, it's your job not to leave them alone. I don't mean smother them either so that they don't have any identity that's themselves. I'm saying pay attention and encourage that development and identity. Even right. if they feel, you know, hey, well, I don't have to get up. My first class is at 11, so I'm gonna stay up to four in the morning. It's like, well, is that that's not enough sleep. So, you know, everything is relative to, are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating healthy? Are they doing any kind of exercise, like taking a walk, taking their bike out? And how are you doing it safely and distance? Um, and we can't forget, I mean, when they come in, everybody should wash their hands. It's just like, you know, old school when you went, the teacher said, did you wash your hands? You wash your hands, you wash your hands. It's like, we all should be washing our hands, whether it's the flu season or we have a pandemic or other things because we touch our face all the time. Yeah. We're around people and we're touching all these surfaces. That's just good hygiene, you know? Yeah. Yes, we can hug people we don't live with. And when you hug people, you may be exposing yourself and people say, oh, well, we'll just all get the virus. I'm sorry. We've had over 300,000 people die. We have what, millions and millions of cases and it's not, and we're spiking during the yeah. holidays because everybody yes. wanted to be together because Zoom is, of course, it's less satisfying. People say, oh, you know, and then they'll tell you, they went to a wedding and everybody came back positive. Right. Some people got serious symptoms and some people didn't. So again, even telling your child, the teenager, lean into your strength. What do you mean? What do you mean? And I always give people the image of the tree because I like that image that I just explained because you have lots of roots. You don't have one root in a tree. And all those trees, what are those values you have? Family, community, spirituality, religion, my girlfriends, whatever. What is, what is it that defines you? And strengthening those roots, that's how you can bounce back when right. all this is going on and also realize sometimes the bounce back is not as um quick as you might think and people you know i'm cooking I'm, everybody's you know you know the bills are paid i'm doing my job but i'm very unhappy and i think parents need to say what is happiness for you and kids mm -hmm. too what makes you happy everything i can't do makes me happy well we need to find new things to do yeah and um one valuable thing about this is that people who are, they're spending more time together in a family. Now that's a plus that you cannot. I mean, parents who travel for work, who have long work hours, even um, healthcare providers, you know, who are 12 hour shifts, three, four days and don't see their family in these cycles and everything um, are, are having meals together they never had before. I know. I love you know? that. So how do we embrace the fact that my best friend, I don't call her on the phone anymore. I FaceTime her. I Zoom her. I want to see her. Yeah. You know? And I'm thinking like, why did we do that before? She lives 3,000 miles from me. Right. And Good it's question. So satisfying. She, it, what's really great, she's folding laundry, you know, I'm <laughs> cooking. And, was, and friends are saying, well, what are you making? I love to cook. And you start sharing this experience and you, feel, I feel a little bit better, even yeah. though, yes, it's on this medium. Because A, I can see myself and see you. That's another thing. 
all, this is like a two-way interaction. So I'm trying to embrace, we have online parents and officers. So we run support groups. Okay. And if you live in California, we have a special initiative, but everybody can go to the website, caparentyouthhelpline.org. And there are all kinds of resources based on the age of your children. You can sign up. You can, you can live chat. Just go to the website. You don't want to talk. You want to live chat. You want to text us. You can do that too. But I think that keep reaching out, keeping aware. And if you yourself, mom or dad, grandma, auntie, whoever's caring for kids, feels overwhelmed, do not say, I am going to sacrifice myself on behalf of my family. It's like, right. well, then nobody, you will not be around. Why does the pilot say on the plane, put your mask on first, your oxygen mask, if mm-hmm. you're worried, mm-hmm. or you help the person next to you? People say, oh, because that's a good thing to do. No, they're telling you, you may not be alive in time if uh-huh. you don't first breathe with oxygen because oxygen's been reduced, then you can help anybody. You can yeah. be the best you can be. It's yeah. not just, oh, take care of myself. No, I think they're giving a more serious message that they don't use that word. Um, you may die or anything like that. And, um, or you may be seriously harmed because you can't breathe. But I think it's a message that in the long term, every time you sacrifice, oh, I'm not going to take care of that. Okay, you know, I went back to smoking cigarettes because, you know, I'm so nervous and so annoyed. Well, okay, cigarettes lead to lung cancer and death. Don't do that. You know, people say they're drinking more. We're having wine parties, this and that. People who had addictions before Mm. the pandemic, the stress of the pandemic may be exacerbating that. Something you thought you had taken care of before is getting triggered. You lose your job. Who's not going to be devastated? What people lose their job, their hours have been cut. You know, their boss is calling them annoyed. They don't like that their kid keeps walking into the Zoom. You know, it's like employers wake up. Yeah. Everybody's home with their kids. You cannot put them in a, in a cage and then go to work. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And how do we embrace that? Are you giving flexibility? Are you understanding it? And, you know, again, there are owners of companies that said, I never had so many dinners with my kids. It's great. It's I'm not wonderful. on a plane. I'm not in a car. I'm not compute, commuting three days a week. I've got to be at home and there's this other opportunity. So embracing that. And every employer, obviously there are many jobs like healthcare providers, the bus driver, the person who works at the grocery store, they kind of do that at home. And yeah. we need to be very empathetic to them. When we show up and they're there, who's taking care of their kids? Somebody else has to. And some people have had to quit their jobs because there's no daycare, no school, no after school program or very, very limited interactions. And those people do not have a job where they can stay home. And there's no grandma in the neighborhood. There's no auntie. There's no friend who can take your children. How do you go to work? And yeah. there are jobs that are not done at home. I mean, we depend on the hospital right there's, now. You know, and there, there's, I think, dealing with that stress, helping our kids deal with that stress. Um, I think a lot of it, too, we want to control the situation and we can't control the situation. You used we a lot, which I really loved. And it's not about you have to go do this or you need to do that. It's about how do we do this together and letting them know they're part of, you're part of the solution and helping them and supporting them. Dr. Lisa, this has been, oh, go ahead. One last thing is don't ever forget that your oldest kids could be put into a leadership role in your family to help Mm. others. We have an expression, parents, Thomas, in the giving you get. So if I drop my groceries in front of you, Dr. Cam, what's the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to help you pick them up. Right. And how's that going to make you feel? Good. Right. So when we reach out, smile at a person, the smallest gesture 
and we help somebody else, it makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. So asking the oldest to say, could you help? Let's say they're a good drawer and say, you know, Joey is having real problems, you know, doing this assignment where he has to draw a picture, whatever. Could you help him? Telling that teen of yours, I believe in you and I need you, Mm -hmm. not depend on you to be the mother or father, but I need you to help your other sibling. Reaching out and helping others makes all of us feel good. And if we do that within in our family or within our community, people are worried about their elderly neighbor asking your teen, you know what, maybe we can make some cookies and just drop them at her door. What do you think about that? That will make everybody feel better in the giving you get. And we can't forget it. It's not about being selfish. It's about reaching out and feeling part of community. It's a basic psychological feeling. And anyway, you helped me pick up my groceries. I'm like, wow, I don't feel so dumb that I dropped them. And I got somebody to help me. So secondarily, I'm like happy. Right. The person getting the cookies or getting some extra toilet paper and putting it in somebody's stoop or bringing their paper (laughs) in. The smallest gesture when you're walking through your neighborhood, be mindful about what's going on. Not just mindful of looking at the tree, but thinking about the people in your neighborhood who are your neighbors. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. Maybe you just think, just wave to them. People have been talking to me in my neighborhood. I never even talked to them before. And I'm like, wow, those people are nice and cool. They like some of our our signs that we had in our yard and they came over, you know, distance. And so, mm-hmm. wow, where'd you get that? Or they started talking to me, where do you live? And they live around the corner from me. And I, you never met them. I know them. Building that community, getting out of the isolation, even the smallest gesture that is mm-hmm. safe will make everybody feel good. And that kind of emotional well-being builds and builds and builds and gives us the strength to deal with the other stuff coming yeah. over. And maybe makes us open up more to say, hey, you know, I'm happy this moment, but I'm really kind of feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Who's not overwhelmed? Uh, no one. Yeah. And I, I think move through this, we can move through this. The more we focus on our well-being, the better off we're going to be to move through it. Whether you're having a crisis or you think your child may be leading towards a serious situation, or you're just feeling like disconnected from your own kids. Yeah. And the part that you said this a few times, the examples, and I just wanted to really point this out. It's not telling your kids, go do this. It'll make you feel better because then you're, it's not their decision, which doesn't necessarily make you feel better when you're being told to do something. I think it's the modeling of it and saying, how can we do it? Or I'm going to go do this and see them, see them seeing you do the good things that makes you feel good. And then they're learning to do that because it's when it's their decision, that's when it, the benefits really come in. Not the, oh, mom's making me do this. You're not feeling okay. good, right? And everybody, and we as adults want to be asked, what do you need? Yeah. And, and the kid might say, I don't know what I need. Okay. Well, that's a place to start, but I'm here to listen. Yeah. Okay. If you put them in the driver's seat to figure out what it is, you're going to learn more and understand more. And then if you need help, you'll do it. But if you're just telling, 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 then you're not asking. Everybody wants to know. It's like when you go to the doctor, why are you here today? Well, that doesn't sound like the most greatest opening I find. You know, I'm not feeling good. What do you need? You know, I mean, are they asking you what you need or they're telling you what you need? So asking people first, what is it that's going on? What do you need? How can I be here for you? is the next part, but you want them to talk more than you to start with. And that, that might, that's like a growing process. It might not happen the first time. I have nothing to say. There's nothing going on. Leave me alone. 
But again, you can have family activities, makeup games, younger siblings, if you get older siblings involved, and put those older siblings, those teens in leadership roles. I really need you here. I, I need great. you to help so-and-so with this homework or this project because you really did a great job with this. You have some real talent in this. You know, not like because I'm too busy and I'm going to work and, um, you know, see you later. It's like, wait a minute. No, you want to acknowledge and affirm why you're asking them. So they feel like, wow, okay, I have somebody to attribute. Somebody believes in me. We yeah. all want to believe in, whether you're yes. a teen or a mom, your kids want to look up to you, dad, and say, you got this. You got yeah. this. I believe in you. I'm here for you. Yeah. But I might be crying five minutes before because I'm just overwhelmed and worried about grandma. That's life. This is this has been so wonderful, Dr. Lisa, and there's so many amazing tips that you've provided. So I can't wait to share this. I'll put all the links that you um, provided to to make sure everyone has that and can find Parents Anonymous if they need that support. Okay. Um, but this has been this has been extremely helpful, extremely helpful to me, and I'm sure extremely helpful to everyone else listening. So thank you so very very much for joining us. You're welcome, and. You know, as, as the song used to say, keep on trucking, you know, yeah. we're all, we've got to brush ourselves up and pick ourselves off. And I'm very happy to, um, you know, be part of your, um, your podcast, your webcast. Yes. And, thank you. Um, talk about these issues. And the more we talk about it, the more we can focus on it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.